Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. Altai here, uh, joined this week by... Omer. And, and we are on episode 111. All right, what do you think of that? That's They say, actually, in China, like 11-11, which is their singles day, is actually the loneliest day of the year because all the ones are by themselves, like just 1111. So maybe this is the loneliest podcast. Oh, we'll see. We've got to keep each other company. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But uh, we're going to start with the weekly raid as usual. But before we jump to the current weekly raid, we had a pretty fun one last week, and it's worth recapping some of the discussions and what other people thought about our weekly raid. So if you want to read some of the fun, interesting comments uh, about last week's weekly sure. raid, which is – go ahead, read it. Yeah, so last week we asked, uh, should governments restrict game time? Okay, and we mentioned a few uh, examples, like in um, China and Tencent uh, with honor of ki- oh, Strike of Kings, slash Honor of Kings. And we just talked about a few other examples, right? And it really was like I wanted to know what you guys thought. And some people got really offended. Some people wrote essays. It, it was quite. It was this was a more lively weekly raid we've had. Like this guy just you know posted an essay here. Um, and we can hand this in for my high school project. <laughs> <laughs> some guys got really mad. They called me like Stalinist and Maoist. You know, they said any any talk talk of restriction is like literally Hitler. You know. So we have a few of those kind of people. I think, yeah, um, I think the exaggerations. I mean, people. I think a lot of people. This is the question. I think got a lot of instinctive replies from people. I think when we all read, should governments restrict game time? We all instinctively say, of course not. It's stupid, right? I mean, personally, I don't think we should either. We talked about that last week. But I mean, there is clearly some merit to this kind of discussion because whether we like it or not, you know, government is involved in regulating a lot of parts of our daily life. Whether it's you know what age you can start smoking, what age can we drink, what age can we gamble. So. Government does get involved, and it's really maybe not an issue for today because I do agree it's not a big issue right now. But maybe like in the future when people were like when video games get so good that people don't want to do anything else. Imagine the time when video games are so god tier that you just want to veg out in your home all day, and maybe then it, beca- it can become a problem for under 18. Yeah. So the, yeah. And I, I, I feel like people kind of like don't realize maybe people don't realize how much government restriction they have in their life now. Like for example, you you can't work like more than like X number of hours a week, like legally at least, right, mm-hmm. by a legal employer. You know, there's overtime rules and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a restriction on freedom. You know, you can't drive. If you're like an Uber driver, they won't let you drive past a certain number of hours a day because it's dangerous, you know, because you get sleepy or whatever. So there's a lot of restrictions, guys, by the government. So, like, just just kind of thinking about the potential restrictions on games for kids especially. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not for it, but I'm just, you know, I was really surprised by the, by like the gut uh, reaction mm-hmm. that people had. Some people were uh, even more interesting. They somehow equated this with global warming and like overpopulation, and you know there was a lot of you know weird <laughs> discussions that came out of uh, this, this. I think it's a very common deflection of like trying to minimize like the issue. I mean, I think we were both in agreement that we don't think it should happen, but you can't like write off a problem as like oh, there's a bigger problem we can worry about, like global warming. It's like wait a minute, we're not talking about global warming. We're talking about you know video games yeah. and government regulation. You can't bring up a bigger problem and say that forget about this. Let's worry, let's worry about the other issue. You know. Exactly. So that was his point. He's like, well, global warming is happening, so we, we shouldn't talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's weird. Uh, some people had a, uh, had a much shorter response. This guest, uh, his response was, uh, no, question mark. So that's a, that's a quality, quality response right here. <laughs> um, this guy was really offended. I want to read this one out loud, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, dudes, dudes, I'm not even reading this trash. You are just a bunch of retards. That's what your pieces of shit are. The solution doesn't come from taking away what we love to do. It comes from giving us the life we deserve with real cash economy systems. You fucking assholes, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that even mean? 
<laughs> Real cash economy, baby. That's what he wants. Right? <laughs> Real cash economy. That's what, that's, what, that's what the world needs, guys. We're, we're, this guy is just totally nuts. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, his reply. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I really enjoyed reading the comments. I don't agree with them all, but it was fun reading them. I, and I, I actually did read the wall of text as well. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. So I do hope you guys uh, contribute uh, to the weekly raids. Maybe this one was just a really good one. But with that said, we got to move on to the this week's weekly mm-hmm. raid. Can't stick with last week's sauce. And this week, we want to know, would you play a mobile MMORPG? And what brought this up for me was this week we got a whole bunch of mobile MMORPG news. I'm not talking about like mobile games like Candy Crush. I'm talking about real MMORPGs. Albion Online launched, and it's going to have a mobile version eventually. There is no current version. Uh, Mabinogi uh, Mobile was announced by Nexon in Korea. And RuneScape, Jagex, announced uh, mobile versions of both classic and current RuneScape. So what do you think of all this mobile talk? I think uh, like we've talked a lot about mobile, but I think what's really important about this week's weekly raid is more so like what would it take for you to start playing a mobile game, for example. I think uh, a lot of us, we look at the mobile game landscape, especially mobile MMOs, and we, we, we correctly, I think, write them off as garbage. Like you play mobile games today, and basically no matter what game it is, there's this nonsense auto-playing feature. Like the game really plays itself. It's really basic, and it's not at all comparable to like a PC MMORPG experience, which I think most of us are here for PC MMORPG experiences. We all, you know, a lot of us grew up playing WoW, RuneScape, Ultimate, like a lot of these... You know, I, I feel like now we can call World of Warcraft old school. Is, is that fair? Like, I feel like if you play Vanilla WoW, it's old school now, right? We're at that home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's retired. <laughs> it's an old school realm. But I think uh, for me, what, what would it take for me to play a mobile MMO? I, I don't think I've played any mobile MMORPG seriously yet. Like, I, I've tried a whole bunch. I've done first looks for some. And I do see the genre getting better. I've done a video for Lineage 2 Revolution. I think the English client should be out now. I did a video for the more recent NetEase game. Uh, I forgot what it's even called, like Twilight Spirits or something? No, that, that, was, that was a different game. But uh, a lot, these games are getting better, right? But I still feel mm-hmm. like we're at this weird juncture of, like, in between, like, an actual MMORPG and in between mobile nonsense. We're not quite at the, at the tier yet where we can really look at, like, a mobile game. And I'm hoping Albion Online and Lineage Eternal are the two games that kind of push us toward more like genuine mobile and more PG experience that feel like PC games and not just not just made for mobile. You know, I, I still want that full experience on the PC. And maybe while I'm on the go, I can, I can still contribute to my PC experience on the phone. I, I don't want something specifically made for a phone, which is usually a more light or dumbed-down version of a game. So I, I think both Lineage, Lineage Eternal and Albion will get us a little bit closer. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned something about being like just stuck on mobile or mm-hmm. something. And the good thing about both Albion and uh, RuneScape is it, they're not going to be like mobile spin-offs. They're going to be the full version you can just access with your phone. So you can still play on your PC at home, and then maybe if you just want to like check something on on the go, you know, like a lot of RuneScape, for example, is like just trading in the marketplace, right, mm-hmm. or talking or whatever. You can do all that on your phone. Uh, and I was reading some of the the thoughts the developers had, and one of them was they were they were kind of surprised or just pleasantly sh- uh, shocked. To how easy it is to transfer the movement in RuneScape to mobile, because mm-hmm. it's point and click, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so with a mobile phone, it's very easy to just click on the ground and walk there. It's harder to use like a joystick on a phone because they have that stupid ass like thing on the side of your yeah. screen for your thumb. I hate that. So I think cross-platform is going to be the way to go for like a full-fledged MMORPG on the phone. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, 
people are saying like, they want to see and like, they don't necessarily just want to see a PC and RPG on mobile. They want to see people make mobile games kind of designed for mobile and it plays well that way. But my problem with that is we've seen that a lot lately. And I think a lot of the stuff that's mobile exclusive have been kind of iffy. Again, Lineage to Revolution. It's making a lot of money, right? But for some reason, it, it has not appealed, I think, to the core MMORPG audience in the West. I think it's captured the Eastern market very well. But I think a lot of people that like MMORPGs in the West don't necessarily like mobile MMORPGs, which is why those games that are making a killing in Asia have yet to really translate the top-tier ratings on, or revenue or player numbers on the app stores in America and Europe. You know, you look at the top-grossing games in America, you still have games like Clash Royale, Clash of Clans. So there's a lot of, you know... There, there's a handful of, like, Chinese browser games ported to mobile on there, but there's really no, you know, big MMORPG on there just yet. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, I, uh, I want to bring topic another click on this link I sent you real quick and download the IR presentation from May 2017 because NTSoft actually has a, you know, NTSoft guys behind Blade and Soul and Lineage Revolution have an interesting presentation and they talk a little bit about the mobile market and I want to reference that. Uh, where did he link it? Oh, I see. Global NTSoft. Here we go. So if you bring a PDF, just let me know when you get that open. But so basically, you know, the, I'll talk a little bit. The May one. Yeah. The May one, yep. right? Okay. So again, NTSoft is this giant company and uh, they're based in Korea, obviously. And they, they every 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 month or so they make a little presentation of a few months talking about the video game market, where it's going, what they see and stuff. And I do find it pretty fascinating. They talk about where they make the most money as well. And there's a pretty interesting slide. If you scroll down to let me know when you get open. That's open. Right. What, scroll down page? to let's say um page thirteen. Page thirteen. Here we go. And this actually I thought I thought this was a very cool slide because it looks at the top grossing games on mobile in twenty twelve versus twenty sixteen. And if you look at 2012 for mobile gaming, we really had these very casual games that really you would play for like five minutes and then like stop. Games like Wait, hold, up, Run. hold up, hold up, what am I supposed to click? The NCSoft uh, Global Download May uh, 2017. Yes, IR presentation May 2017. Okay, sales breakdown by region. That's that's page 13 for okay, me. Okay, we're, we're clearly looking at the wrong thing. Oh, hold up. Yeah, I got it. I got you. I got it. I was, the, slide, the slide numbers are different than the actual page numbers. Yes. I okay. got you. You we see good. it now? Be good. I do. Okay, so take a look at the, the 2012 list. Like These are games that I remember like on mobile, everyone would play games like Temple Run. Like, these, these games that were very arcade style, right? That was the early age of mobile gaming. And now we're starting to get games, and it's looking at the top cross games, I believe, in Korea. Games like uh, Seven Nights, Lineage 2 Revolution, Moo Origin, Heroes of Credible Tales, right? Uh, Raven, Dragon. These are actually these are more like RPGs and slash MORPG things. Like Lineage 2 Revolution is an MORPG. So we're starting to see the evolution from going from arcade-like games to more um, to more real games. And <laughs> somebody coined those. Things. But uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's a lot like just like arcades and consoles, right? Like the the, the first wave of games were like you know Pac-Man and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got RPGs and and so on. So yeah, it's, it's I think mobile is following the same yeah. uh, progression that you know arcade and Console follow, but the kinds of games I think there's still like we're still I think like we're not really there yet. I think the next wave of mobile RPGs and MMORPGs that do really well are going to be more impressive mobile games. I think the mobile games we have today are really mobile MMORPGs even they don't really feel too innovative or different or, or like really we're not there yet. I think give it another like three four years, I think we're gonna get a lot of mobile and more pages that people like us, like old guys like us now, will look at and have fun with, actually. Because I think if you play Lineage to Revolution, you'd be like, what the hell am I playing? It's auto-playing itself. Even though the game is really popular, I think the quality of games are getting a lot better. And I think Lineage to Revolution is still a much better mobile game than some of the stuff we had like three, even like two, three years ago. So the, 
we're going to get to a point where I think even us and even our audience, which I think our audience is very much pro PC Master Race and more RPG gamers. I, I put up videos all the time. Not all the time, but for like mobile games on YouTube. And for the most part, the usual response is, F this mobile trash, right? But I think, <laughs> I see all the, because I try not to cover too many mobile games on YouTube because, again, my audience doesn't really want it. But if a game is big, like Linear Revolution, I gotta cover it, right? This is such a giant game, and I'm staying away from most of the mobile junk. I just wanna cover the big names. So I think we get to a point where even my audience will be more accepting of mobile RPGs and mobile MRPGs. It'll be something more real going forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's a combination of technology getting better, and I think the developers kind of figuring out how to do a good UI uh, for the phone. Like, if you told me, like, five years ago, right, that a game like League of Legends would work even, like, a little bit on a phone, like the way Honor of Kings does, mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't have believed you. Like, I, I straight up would have said, like, that's bullshit. Yeah. You, know, you need, like, a mouse and keyboard. But, you know, you don't need a mouse and keyboard, apparently. So they're getting better at designing the, the UIs and stuff. And um, as for the graphics getting better, uh, I know you linked this Mabinogi mobile video. I want to show hmm. it because I, I really enjoy Mabinogi, uh, the art style. So this is a trailer for Mabinogi mobile. It was released, I think, on July 9th in Korea. They kind of revealed that they're working on this game. Let me skip ahead here. Mm-hmm. Here we go, boys. So if you guys played Maple Store, uh, <laughs> Mabinogi, you'll recognize this music and this scene. Uh, oh, look at that. Walking around town. So, interestingly, this is going to be the first one of these major games, I think, that's vertical. What do you think of that, Omar? Because a lot of these games, you hold, you know, landscape. horizontally. Landscape is the proper Landsca- term. Oh, my God. Who cares? Portrait or landscape. But, uh, so, yeah, there's a chat box, you know, uh, on the left there. And these guys, you know, they're showing you crafting. They're showing you, mm-hmm. like, um, resource gathering. And they're even going to show, like, raids and stuff with groups of people. So, if you can do all this on, on a phone, uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> and people are still saying mobile games are used only for the bathroom, honestly. But I think we're getting away from that, <laughs> is the point. And I, I do think Mabinogi Mobile looks pretty impressive so far, but it still seems so far from release, you know? But I, I think yeah, it, it definitely has potential. I hate saying that word potential again. But <laughs> I think I still think deep down the games that are really going to shake and I think win over some converse, have, you know, is going to be Albion Online, Lineage Eternal. Mm. These are the games that are, are going to be out for PC with mobile clients. I mean... Even if uh, RuneScape Mobile, too, does well, like, RuneScape Mobile will prove that you can have a real MMORPG on mobile. It's not a remake. It's literally the same game. It's multi. It's going to be cross-platform, you know, both old-school RuneScape and regular RuneScape on mobile, and it's going to work, and people are hype about it because they're going to be able to play their favorite game on the go. And you're not going to have to compromise, like, oh, it's a mobile game. No, it's going to be a real game. You're not going to view it as it's just a mobile game, especially with the stuff like Albion and Ninja Eternal. Those are the games, I think, that are going to really get people more accepting of these mobile games, especially here in the West. We've been holdouts. You know what's really interesting about uh, RuneScape as well? How well it's doing. It's you know, they're, they're having their, They had their best revenue year this year, mm-hmm. even though they originally came out in 2001. That's crazy. So it's, RuneScape is still growing, guys. It's not shrinking. <laughs> There's something about that game that keeps people coming back all these years. I have friends who played that game like when they were kids, and they still come back and play it now. Like Even if they take a break from it, they'll take one, two-year break, and they'll come back and keep playing it. A lot of these games are really strong pull. You know, it brings everybody back every few years. Mm-hmm. And RuneScape is one of those games. Well, I'd be really interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, what Do you play mobile MRPGs? What keeps you from playing them? Would you play them in the future if they, you know, were decent? Uh, do let us know, and we will discuss it next week. 
Um, a lot of people in the chat are saying, I, I will never play mobile games. But, I, like, there's got to be yeah. something that would make you play a mobile game. Like, what is it? You can't inherently hate the fact that it's mobile. There's something about it being a mobile game. There's something about the game that you don't like. It's not that it's just mobile inherently. So what would it take? What, what would make you play a mobile game? Like, what design would have to be removed? Like, what stuff are you seeing in games that you don't like? And what would you like to see in a game? Maybe, like, because I do think you can have, like, the PC mm-hmm. experience on there. If not now, like... I don't see why you can't even play Blade and Soul on mobile, especially if you're willing to like pay for a Bluetooth accessory, like some gamepad or something, right? Oh, like a gamepad. Yeah, like yeah, with yeah. a gamepad, you instantly open the doors to like gaming like crazy. First, you have to mention that mobile devices are literally gaming devices. These devices make like the, the highest range rendering apps for mobile phones are games. Like, I, I, I even use my phone to call people. I don't use it to text people. I use the to once in a while browse the internet and read Reddit and play games. Like, and that's what most people do. Mobile games like make more money than all the other apps combined. So why won't it be in the future? Like, why can't you just buy a phone with a, a gamepad that comes with it? And I think you will, whether it's an Android device or a, Apple device. It's just going to come with a gamepad. And then when you have that and the phones are strong enough, there's no reason you can't play, you know, Guild Wars 2, Blade and Soul, and these these you know traditional quote unquote real and more pieces on mobile as well. I. You know what I think it is? I'm a, not not to shit on the audience, but it definitely applies to me as well. So I know it applies to some of them out mm-hmm. there. We tried mobile games like eight years ago, right? Yeah. When the best you had was like a shitty helicopter, Infinite Runners. You know, yeah, I remember, I remember those. So we, we played those, then we stopped, and now it's been like eight years later, and we still think of mobile gaming as that. So we we think it's shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm not giving mobile games a fair shake. I played like like six of them total, like in in ten years of iPhone. So I'm not really giving them a fair shake right now. So I I actually don't know what's going on with the mobile scene. I, I haven't played The Strike of Kings, really. I haven't played, you know, any MMORPG on mobile. So I have no idea if they're good or not. I, I just assume they're bad because Temple Run was bad. You know? No, so. that's, that's I think, one of the big, big uh, like, taboos or, like, lingering, like, things about mobile gaming. Like, I, I try to get people to play Strike of Kings with me, and, like, you know, people are like, oh, fuck that. I don't play mobile. Like, that's, like, the instinctive response. And I, I can't even blame them because, like, I don't blame them for thinking that. You know? It just... I, it, yeah. You know, it's hard for me to play a mobile game as well. But like when I find what I like, it takes forever to convince me to get my friends to play it too because they don't they don't like playing mobile games. Yep. So we got uh, we got some barriers to cross, boys. Some barriers to cross. I think again we will we will overcome those barriers eventually. It depends how long it eventually takes though. Speaking of those barriers, uh, one game that came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it came it came out yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that game is of course Elbion. Mm-hmm. So this game is going to eventually be cross-platform, mm-hmm. but currently it is PC only, and it came out yesterday. If you paid the top price, hundred bucks early exit. If you paid the middle price today, which is like seventy or something, I'll look it up. Then then you can then you can play it today, but uh, if you just bought the regular thirty dollars version, then you can play it tomorrow. Isn't that exciting, guys? Staggered releases. At least it's not a whole week early access. You know, right, some games do here's that. Here's the deal, though. I think. A lot of people are pissed off about the, the this like pricing model because you know again if you pay 100 bucks you play yesterday if you play 50 bucks you play today if you pay 30 bucks you play tomorrow so there's three days stagger release and Albion Online is uh has resource control has territory controls right so people are saying oh yeah day one people already have like the three four guilds in the game already have an alliance controlling most of the territory like the most valuable territory in the game and the obviously sounds like real life yeah there you go it does sound like real life because obviously money has an advantage. But this is um, this is a game I think is going to again. I said earlier, it's going to hopefully get people to accept mobile gaming. Not right away. It's the decline is not out yet, 
But I, I am optimistic about this one, only because we did play this during the... We did a, a long, like a year and a half ago, we did a, a Grindfest video for this game. More than that, almost two full years almost ago. Almost two full years ago, we did a video for this. And even then, I liked what I saw, right? Because having played countless MMORP and still playing like games, right? Like, it's at least different. You know, this is, I would say, maybe like a more like stylish, modern take on maybe, maybe RuneScape, maybe, you know, some aspects of Ultima. So obviously not a one-to-one -one comparison, but... It's different, you know. It's not just another Critica Online, which is the same shit we've seen a million times, right? Not the bash on Critica, pretty fun, it's a decently fun game, but it's the same thing we've seen over and over again. LBN Online, you know, you can throw you know sticks at it, but it's still it's different. And at least I can respect the fact that they're making, you know, a different game. Yeah, there's a, a lot different here. If one's a sandbox, mm -hmm. like Omar said, it's mostly about just control of resources and territory. Mm -hmm. um, there's a single server. Uh, for both America and Europe, so total one server. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. There's only one server. I heard that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Not confirmed. I, I haven't played it yet. I I, I have to play tomorrow because I I didn't pay a hundred dollars. Uh, so I, I will try it tomorrow. I might even stream it. I don't mm -hmm. know yet. If I do, you guys can see like my raw impression. I'm not gonna be like, wow, this game's great. I'm just gonna play it. And if I like it, I'll keep playing. If I don't, I'll uh, I'll close it. Well, we do a grind fest for uh, you on Friday, so you'll see it then as well. Both of us we're gonna yeah. be playing. Start playing tomorrow because we got the thirty dollar bundle packs. Not that, not the hundred dollars sweet sweet bundle to get in early. So uh, with that said, I I'm glad it's gonna be different, like you said. It's gonna be a very different game. Whether that's good or bad, I guess you'll find out tomorrow. For me at least, I'll find out tomorrow. But I'm excited to try it. In fact, I wanted to try it yesterday. I was like excited. I got home. I was like, oh, I want to try this game. And then more tells me, oh, we can't play it yet. We don't have the legendary version. I'm like. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll, I guess I gotta wait two days. Check the screenshot link too of everyone just rushing in and playing the game. I think there's a there is a magical experience about playing an MMO during launch day. There's something about it which is just fun. Like obviously it's not going to be like a smooth experience. And I actually really enjoy playing Stormblood on launch as well. It's an expansion, though not you know a new MRPG. I mean people are saying it's incredibly laggy, disconnects, and this was again only for people that paid the hundred dollar bundle were able to play on that first day yesterday. Even with that, there was major lag and disconnect issues. It was a lot of people saying some parts were unplayable. So there is a mad, something magical about the MMO experience right at the beginning. You see every new player around you. Everyone's like naked. Everyone's doing the same newbie quests. And it's, you know, even though we've done that newbie experience, you know, a lot of games, the easy-ass quest at the beginning, it's still fun to see I, everyone doing it together. I don't think this game is super quest-based. I yeah. think it's very different. Like, uh, some people are comparing it to Ultimate Online. Mm -hmm. And it is isometric-y, but I don't know if I could compare it to Ultimate Online. It's a, it's a, it's, Ultimate Online never really had territory control yeah. and uh, the same kind of style like this. So this is pretty unique. Uh, so I don't know. I, well, well, you guys will have to wait and see yeah. what we think. What, what, what do you think about their, their, their – they said the logic for this, the, this, the release schedule. Like people with 100 bucks can play on you know one day before and then one day when they – was a server capacity issue? Or is that they, – they're trying to be sneaky? They're trying to be sneaky with, with a pretty good – yeah, a good justification, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like I can't wait for the server issue to be a non-issue. Like what? Like, wh I don't understand why they're so bad at, like, just getting servers ready. Can't you just, like, AWS this shit? I mean, clearly not, because, again, you, we, we keep talking about server issues and launch issues, right? But, like, clearly it's not so easy as just putting on AWS as a kind of scaling platform that you just instantly works. Everyone has this issue, you know? Yeah. So, it, yep. clearly it's not super easy. It's not, like, something you can fix, you know, just snap a finger. Hopefully, uh, Spatial OS saves a day. Uh, I hope so, Hopefully. <laughs> Actually, speaking of spatial OS, RuneScape is actually—I mean, Dragex rather, not RuneScape—they're actually working on a new spatial, new new MMORPG. We don't know if it's spatial OS or not, but they're working on something new. Did you hear about that? 
I did, and I did hear they made a partnership with the Spatial OS people because they're both like British companies. Mm-hmm. So I, I would guess that yes, their their new game is going to be using Spatial OS. Unfortunately, we have literally nothing to base off what the new game is going to be. All we know is that there was a job posting for a senior game designer and a game programmer for UK for an unannounced new Jagex MMO. We know it's an MMO, and we know it's Jagex, and it's free to play. Those are the three things we know about it. Whether it's related to next gen, whether it's related to Spatial OS, has not been confirmed yet, and it probably will not be confirmed for a while. If they're, if they're hiring people for it now, you know, game designers for it now, they have nothing to show. It's going to be at least another six months, probably to a year, until we actually get a trailer for it. And because Before things are announced, there's usually something made. You know, very often when you see reveal trailers, there's actually like some kind of, usually gameplay. Sometimes we get some cinematics, but sometimes gameplay as well. So that's still, unfortunately, quite a while away. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I don't think they even need a new game. They should just keep focusing on RuneScape, in my opinion. You know, they've, it wor- it's worked really well for them for uh, 16 years now. Every time they try something a little different, it kind of wasted their money. Like, they had a little phase where they tried to be a publisher. They, they published a few of these really shitty browser games, like... Uh, so I don't know. I I I'm a big fan of the one studio, one game uh, concept. Whether it's uh, you know League of Legends with Riot, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, you know, grinding gear games with Path of Exile, RuneScape with Jagex. I, I I like that model. I mean, you know, these things are services. You can update them and uh, and so on for like decades. So that that's the way I think it should be. You know, what's pretty funny. Uh, you mentioned their failed projects, and actually, it's not. You know, when I first wrote the article for this new project, right, I mentioned that Jagex has had. They tried to make a lot of games, and really, nothing is really stuck the way RuneScape has. They made a game called Block and Load, which is still around, but it's, you know, it's not very big. They made a game called Fun Orb. They made Eight Realms, Carnage Racing, Chronicle of RuneScape Legends. Those have gone nowhere. These are all games developed by Jagex. They published War of Legends, Herotopia, Ace of Spades, and, a, and Stellar Dawn, and a bunch of other games, and these really have not gone anywhere. In fact, I bet you never heard about this game. Take a look at this bad boy. It's called Carnage oh, Racing. Baby. Uh, it looks like Mo Raw uh, uploaded this and just take a look at this gameplay video. Did you know that Jagex even made a racing game? I, I had no idea. It even it even looks like our, the new RuneScape, the graphics kind what? of. <laughs> yeah, it does. Have you played the new RuneScape? We should do that one day. For oh, we should. Grand Fest, yeah. The graphics look really good now in RuneScape. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so weird to see them keep trying all these new games and, like... And honestly, if I was a RuneScape player, it's almost like you would be a little upset that they're focusing their efforts elsewhere and you know, like... You know deep down, whatever they do that's not RuneScape is probably going to suck and fail the way it has literally for every other game they've ever made. So, like, they're taking resources away from your game that you love and that you're funding basically for the development, and it's going to all this other crap that never gets anywhere. Reminds me of uh, Sony Online Entertainment. They kept taking that sweet, sweet EverQuest money and then pouring it on all these other projects that just went nowhere. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and now they're gone. Well, a few people said, one guy said actually he played this, this uh, game in the background. Interesting. I've never even heard about it. Carnage Racing. Came out in 2012. I think it was a Facebook game. I don't think it went anywhere, though. All right, so we covered... All right, so those are the mobile games uh, that we discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? There was a whole bunch of actually releases recently. Like, Omar, you played Black Squad a few days ago. Tell me about that. Yeah, I'll tell you a little about Black Squad. It's, it's, it's really weird. Like, you, you would think, like, now, like, in 2017, right? We, we went through a phase of games like the Combat Arms clones, right? We went through that phase where we saw literally dozens of games like Combat Arms, whether it's AVA, whether it's Black Shot, which is a different game than Black Squad. And there are just so many, like, free-to-play FPS games that are just Korean lobby-based shooters. You know, there are just dozens and dozens of them. But then this game called Black Squad is by NeoWiz Games. They're the same guys behind Bless. So I imagine maybe they're trying to recoup some of that Bless money that they lost by making another shooter. 
And honestly, I, I thought it was decent. Like it was, it was no worse than really any other. It, it, it was really no worse than AVA, but I would say Combat Hours is better, only because it's got like a bajillion weapons and a shit ton of stuff to do. Whereas Black Squad only has like thirteen weapons. Obviously, no, the number of weapons you have isn't the the end, you know, determine what's a better game or not. But you do want some variety in your game, and there's warfare. Yeah, and, and, yeah. I mean, Combat Hours has been out for so long, so they've been adding guns forever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the main thing you said is like I. There's just too many games like this, right? So, like, is this one going to find the place? And what's crazy is, like, I cannot believe that in 2017, Neowiz Games like, okay, guys, gather around, boys, gather around. All the developers, get into the room. I got a genius idea. You know that game, AVA and Combat Arms? Let's just make another Korean tactical shooter. Raise your hand. One developer raises their hand. Other one picks, picks on him. Will we do anything different? Of course not. We do the same shit we always do. Great idea, boss. Let's make it happen. It was literally... The same low exact low-effort game that we've seen with the dozens of AVA combat arms clones. Like, there's literally nothing different about it. It's The interface oh, is yeah. even the same. Like, you go to the stupid shop. It's like, it's all the same thing. How, the, how is this still a thing? Right, thanks for the sub there. Uh, Toki Saki, uh, Asian characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the question. Does it look... And play fluidly. A little bit. Like, it, it looks like AVA, and it may probably better graphics, obviously, newer. I, I, it's not as nearly as fluid as a game like Overwatch. There's something visceral about the mm -hmm. combat. There's little details you can talk about the game. But in its in its core, it's the same shit we've had forever. And I, there's zero chance this is going to, like, do amazing. There's zero. There's no way. It's the same thing we've had. If this game came out in, like, 2012, maybe, it's, like, a prettier combat arms. But... It, I don't understand what they're thinking when they made. It. I, I don't understand. Like, why now? Why another one of these games? Not to say this. Look, I, I personally enjoy playing random shooting games. Right? Last night on Discord, I was like on Discord. I was like, guys, let's all play first assault. I had an itching to play a random shooting games, so I, I gathered like seven people on Discord. And we were all ready to play first assault, and this was like at, at like 11 p.m. Right? And unfortunately, they were on maintenance until like 1 a.m., so we didn't actually get to play. But like, I enjoy playing random shooting games for like an hour or two at a time and then maybe like one hour a week just for fun right a random whether it's you know ava i'll, I'll even read down comment hours and play right because I, I enjoy these kinds of games but and i i had fun with with this black squad game but it's it's, it's nothing new and i give it zero percent chance of success it's the same tech at least, at least first assault right this ghost in the shell shooter is a sci-fi theme at least it's got sci-fi going oh. for it it's still the same lobby based shooter team, but the sci-fi theme makes it a little different all right, so I want I want to describe that Korean generic clone game, and then I want to talk a little bit about a shooter I played recently, mm -hmm. uh, Argo. This came out uh, late last month, and I want to, what made me finally try this is I was playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and obviously that's based on an Armor Three mod originally, mm -hmm. and Argo is made by the guys who made Armor Three, Bohemia Interactive, uh, and this game is supposed to be like a lighter version of Armor, where instead of like this open big open island you can explore. It's just like, you know, small 5v5 maps, you know, rounds, etc. I tried it because they're trying to go for that realistic thing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely different than all the Korean lobby-based shooters we're seeing. Uh, you, for example, you can't see how, much, how many bullets you have. You can't see how much health you have. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's really interesting. Oh, of course, you can't even see, like, your teammates' uh, names above their head, right? So when you see somebody, you don't know if they're a teammate or an enemy, Um you can tell by like their clothing, right? Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you don't know. So team killing in this game is so common. I I've killed teammates by accident. Uh, so it's 
it's definitely interesting, and I think it mostly serves as a free trial for Arma 3. So I think that's why they made this. It's like Arma 3 Lite, so you can kind of get a feel for the combat mm-hmm. and like the style, what they're going for with the realism, and then you can spend the 30 bucks or whatever it is on Arma 3. It's worth mentioning, people do play Argo. I mean, it's people. there's, there's 1,300 players online Steam right now, so it, it's definitely doing you know pretty decently, and you can always find the game. And it's really, it, it's the only like game I've seen besides armor, that does have this realistic feel to it where you don't see your ammo, you don't see names over players' heads, you know, you don't see your health even. So like, all these little details yeah. are missing, and, and there's no crosshair. It's trying to be realistic. And that's, yeah, yeah, it yeah, works. it's no crosshair yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, a few things I liked about it. By the way, I don't think the player base is doing that well. Um, it, kind of, it started with 6,000 and really kind of dropped off pretty quick. Um, so I don't... It's a hard game to get into. And also, it has an old-school... Um, server browser right like you got to find a server it's just giant list you got to like put filters because the first thing you see is like a thousand zero out of ten servers okay As usual. so like yeah. so, and it does have a quick find option right for the different modes but guess what they don't work like you click on them and yeah, like, it loads I had the same problem, I had problem okay so like you can't quick play and if you're a new player you, you just kind of quit at that point but if you click find server you know you can um you can see all the servers you got to modify by you know, don't show empty don't show full and then you can finally get in and have a good time. Don't worry. Uh, Combat Arms has that. AVA has that. So almost all these Korean lobby-based shooters have that as well. That that has survived. That that you know mode of finding a game has survived in all the Korean shooters. No, but at least the ones in the Korean shooters, I think, have presented a little better at the servers. This is I'm talking about the old school, like you know, Steam, like you know, Counter Strike, CS:GO. Yeah, it looks it was, like that. Kind, You're right. The original, you know, uh, Steam server finder mm-hmm. kind of. That's true. Argo's at least different. Um, I think we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, at least, you know, games trying something different. Uh, oftentimes we see Western Studios doing a little bit more different stuff. We talk a lot about Albion Online. Obviously, it's not exclusively Western Studios. We talk a lot about Black Desert being different, and that's probably one of the reasons why it's doing so well on Steam right now. And overall, you know, it did offer something different. So anytime a game does something different, it's worth praising, I think. Because too often we, we get oh, the yeah. same old crap over and over again. And, you know, I, I, I hate to you know, say that because, like, People do enjoy games like Critic Online. They enjoy a lot of these, you know, these MMORPGs that follow the mold. And I'm sure a lot of people enjoy Black Squad as well. But, like, having played literally for, like, I, when did Combat Arms come out? Let me look. Oh. Because, like, I... Well, you look... Yeah. Go ahead. Why you look that up? Um, by the way, if you guys are looking for a new, different kind of shooter, uh, go try Argo. Because, it's, A, it's free. B, it's it's really cool that they actually included the editor in the game. So you can actually, like, here's a screenshot of me, like, dropping helicopters and, like, a bunch of soldiers on a field. Like, you can actually make your own, like, little modded uh, maps. And you can actually join servers of, you know, player-created, um, like, little scenarios. Mm-hmm. So it's got whole, all that going. So I was really sad to see that it only had 1,300 players because if it had more players or if it does get more, uh, you know, the cool mods you see in this uh you know, it would be fun to play. But obviously, they want you to buy Ar- uh, Armor 3, which is a lot bigger player base and a lot more mods. So, again, it's an Armor 3 free trial. At least it's, at least it's different, all right? At least it's different. So, Combat yeah. Arms came out in 2007. Uh, it's definitely it's a little newer than I thought, but I've literally been playing Combat Arms-esque free-to-play shooters now for 10 years. For 10 years. Almost every time one of these games comes out, right? Almost, I've always I've oh, played right, it. Co- all right, Cola, thank you for the sub. That makes uh, how many today? Three, four? Yeah. Nice. We'll, we'll give another shout-out at the end for everyone to subscribe. Really appreciate mm-hmm. all the all the support, guys. You know, and let's let's take the Pantheon as well because they just released a new trailer as well. Worth talking about a bit. 
And we, we, we're praising, you know, a lot of these Western companies for making different games. And while I'm personally a little bit excited for Pantheon, I do want to play it. I, I don't think Pantheon is uh, doing anything too different. So if you want to show that trailer in the background, maybe talk a little about Pantheon. Sure. So we've talked about Pantheon a few times. It's basically, um, it's trying to be a successor, spiritual successor, I love that word, to EverQuest, original EverQuest. So what that means is slow combat, slow leveling, and very little solo play. So like to level up efficiently, you will need to party. You know, you, the tank has to tank, the healer mm -hmm. has to heal, and the damage classes have to do damage. Even even when you're in open world, like not just in dungeons, but everywhere. So uh, I personally, I'm looking forward to trying it, and we're going to see if this kind of game with a slow, measured pace has a place in 2017. Uh, so what do you think of that? Look, a lot. this game is trying to, I think, recapture a lot of old school people. I don't know if a lot of younger people will play this, right? Because like, they're going to look at this and be like, this is slow paced. Maybe it may not appeal to mm -hmm. them. But us who played EverQuest growing up, like this is this seems pretty awesome. You know, another, you know, a more modern take at EverQuest sounds pretty cool. I, I will be, I'm really curious to see if it's going to, you know, what the average age of players in this game are going to be. Do you think, I think, the, I think a lot of MMORPGs kind of moved away from this really slow-paced gameplay because they must have concluded that this is not a good idea. Maybe it doesn't appeal to younger people. But I think this will do well because I think there are enough people play games like EverQuest who want a slower-paced experience. I mean, I wanted this to, this to do well because simply because it was such an uphill journey for them. Like, this this is one of those games that they made a Kickstarter. It failed. They, they tried again to make a, like a crowdfunding mm -hmm. thing. It failed to reach its goal. And, and instead of giving up or just, you know, whatever... They pushed through. Like this is this is getting closer and closer to real release, despite you know kind of failing at the you know, crowdfunding thing multiple times. And we there's some actual gameplay videos. They've streamed themselves playing the developers right in a bigger group, and there's something there, you know. So I, I'm I'm pretty confident this one this one will eventually come out. It's not you know in that weird ethereal phase of maybe maybe never coming out. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure this one will come out. And um, I'm excited for it for everyone who played EverQuest. But again, uh, I don't think this is going to be the next WoW. I don't think it's going to be the next, like, uh, you know, I don't think the game really does anything too innovative. It's really just trying to re-harken back to the good old days. So, you know. Oh, yeah. But I don't think we have, we, we don't have as many, like, EverQuest clones and Dark Age of Camelot clones as we do, like, with the, with that standard Korean grinder, you know. There's just so many standard Korean grinders that, like, I welcome another, you know, EverQuest clone. No, only because, I, not because it's not going to be different, but at least there's not that many of them. I'm showing a video, uh, you can take a look too, on the stream. It's of uh, Cole Carnage, Carnage playing the game with the devs. Mm -hmm. And man, what a blast. This looks a lot, so much like EQ, like just like the aesthetic of it and like that wolf mm -hmm. and like the speed of combat. And I did want to make a, a small correction. People in the chat have mentioned that it will be possible to solo stuff uh, in Overworld. Just group content will be, you know, obviously team-based. So they are they are throwing a small bone to the casuals these days. To the filthy casuals. And somebody just mentioned actually that most gamers are thirty seven years old. That's the average gamer. It's a statistic thrown around all the time. I, I don't really like the statistic though, because I feel like it's a little misleading. Because yeah, I guess the average gamer is statistically like twenty thirty seven years old, but that's only because we have like some fifty year old gamer, six year old gamer, and then we have like no no. Hmm. Doesn't it also include mobile gaming. That's probably why. Like our mobile gamers. Everybody's ever? on put. No, they're older. Like, everyone's aunt plays uh, Candy Crush or something, you know? Which well, is average gamer as of 2016 is 35 years old. And I, I don't know if that counts mobile gaming. I think it does because I think, I think a lot of older people play Candy like, Crush, yeah. Like, Candy Crush, yeah. But even before mobile gaming was a thing, like back in like five, seven years ago, right, even, where mobile games weren't that big, I remember the average age being very high. I feel like that's not a, a good number. I think if we can find median age because – 
you you always had some of the older gamers and like one like forty five year old right brings up the average so much compared to like two sixteen year olds you know because you don't play I, 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 I don't know I, I I honestly I just think it's a mobile phone that holds that off but I could be wrong we'll have to look it up for next uh, weekly raid maybe yeah maybe how old do you think the average gamer because <laughs> yeah this average age is definitely a little misleading I, I mean here's my bullshit anecdotal evidence right. Literally nobody I play games with. Literally nobody who regularly chats on MLS like on Discord is older than me, except one other person. Not counting you. Well, am I not a person? And I'm, and I'm 27. Okay, so I am like the oldest person minus one other guy on Discord. So based on all my bullshit anecdotal evidence, all right? And so I'm telling you, it's just mobile phone. It's Farmville, man. It's like it's like Candy Crush and Farmville. That's what's bringing the average up. So yeah. But, even up to, even before mobile games, I this 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 stat was always thrown around, and I always feel it was bullshit. What? When when is before mobile games? Two thousand sixteen? That no, mobile no, games. like like, 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 like seven years ago, let's say. Okay, so they had like they had these shitty mobile games seven years ago. When did Candy Crush come out? I'm looking. All right, let's go, boys. Let's go. Right, Candy go Crush came out in 2012. All right. So we're good. It, was, it, was, it wasn't even out in 2010. So in 2010, the average game was still very old. All right. Omar, you're forgetting Farmville. Every That's whose true. grandparents, whose grandparents, uncles and aunts did not send them. Farmville invites every day on Facebook. That's a good okay? point. There was there was this dark era on Facebook where you would open, you go on Facebook and you see like ten invites from your your older relatives, like your uncles, your aunts, like inviting you to play Farmville, inviting you to play these bullshit games. So, yep, there you go. Interesting. A few people are saying there. You know, we got some older people on here too. Uh, one guy said he's forty five. Interesting. Penguin Power. Awesome. You know, feel free to join the Mosecom Discord, guys. Uh, bring the average age up, you know? So I'm, I'm 27. I, I don't want to be the oldest or the second oldest person on here. So you guys are all welcome to join. Interesting. You know, maybe we should poll our audience. How old, how old is our audience on, on Twitch? I'm seeing a lot of interesting That's responses a... here. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Hmm? Oh, man. This trailer is so funny. Like, they're fighting these snakes, and it's taking, like, such a long time. It reminds me of my, uh, you know, Quenos Fields days. Mm-hmm. Just killing those snakes. You know, I actually, uh, we should, <laughs> with ages are coming out right now, 22, 18, 29, 31, we have 42. Interesting. Straw poll time, boys. But <laughs> Do you guys think Twitch skewers younger or older than YouTube? I think older, if I had to guess. Twitch is older. Okay. That's my guess, because we, we, have, we have a lot of younger guys watching, like, uh, like PewDiePie, I guess, on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. PewDiePie's, you know, audience I, is pretty young. I think a lot of kids, like, I'm, uh, when I say kids, I mean, like, you know, like, five-year-olds, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever, like, their parents want them to shut up, they give them, like, a phone. Yeah. And the kids go to YouTube, and they just, like, type in games and push enter, right? And they just watch bullshit. <laughs> so, I think that drags down the YouTube average. True. Actually, uh, we should, we should. I mean, first of all, I, I am excited for... Uh, for Pantheon, I think you are as well, right? Is there any like is there any release date in mind, or is this like still kind of you know out there somewhere? Uh, uh, it's out there somewhere, as far as I know. And but one more quick thing about Pantheon, guys, and it's for me it's so important in the MMORPGs. The pace of a game like this, like a EverQuest, it gives you time to talk to the people you're playing with. You know, if, if you're like running a Q dungeon or whatever in uh in WoW, you're just racing through, right? Yeah. Or even like in Diablo three or whatever, if you're just clearing a you know a, a a level stage or whatever with, with a group of people, you're all going too fast, you're looting too fast, you don't care, and when it's done, you leave. But in, in Pantheon, like I'm watching these guys fight this one encounter, right, with the, against these snakes, and this gives you time, like while you're auto attacking and you know doing your rotation, it gives you time to talk to see what's going on. Okay, yeah, 
interesting conversations. You know, you get invited, you invite them to your Discord. You know, you go to their Discord, vent, whatever, and you talk. You know, you get to know each other, whatever. Like, there's some there's some social interaction going on. You don't get that when the game is too fast. I think some of my like most interesting like immersive experiences in MMORPGs have been exactly that. And I'm sure you remember this as well. We used to in EverQuest, we'd be in High Keep, we'd be camping Warrior Room or Raider Room. These are these are rooms in the dungeon, right? And in these rooms, monsters would spawn. But the rate of spawn was pretty low. Once you clear the room, there's like four. Like Warrior Room had, I think, three goblins in it, right? And you kill three goblins. Like, you have to wait like 10 minutes for the respawn. Like one of the goblins to <laughs> respawn. So every 10 minutes, you kill one goblin. And there was a genuine like downtime. You know, In that downtime, like you would actually get to know people around you. You would get to know who was who on the server, right? And you had this, you know, I'm not saying you'd be friends with them, but you knew who they were. Because you spent time yeah, with exactly. them. And you don't have that today at all. I was playing, I'm playing FF14, and every time I do a dungeon, right, because during, you have to do certain dungeons for story quests, you have to do dungeons for leveling roulettes, so you have to do a lot of dungeons in FF14, but at no point do you ever get to know who anybody is. Because if it's not for me, not one person ever talks. You, can, you do the whole dungeon without a single word being dropped. The only time someone oh. will ever talk is if like, you, you're queuing up for like, uh, like some of the story, story mode dungeons, like story mode raids. Maybe not rage, like boss fights. They could have some mechanics, and somebody would explain what the mechanic is. But most of the story game dungeons and quests, where you're doing the stories with other people, nobody says a single word, and it's really sad because, you know, I try to get the conversation going sometimes, but oftentimes I don't say anything either because there's really no need to, and we just there's no time to talk either. You're just literally Here, rushing through the whole thing. Exactly, exactly. And there's an even bigger problem with with games like Final Fantasy XIV and WoW and stuff today. The fact they're not talking is very obvious. There's there's no point to mm-hmm. because one you you just queue with people, right? You'll probably never see again because it's it's multi it's multi server, right? The queue. Yeah. You'll never see them again. So so you'll never see them again. But I remember like an ever an old you know vanilla WoW EverQuest Ultima Online all these old games. The people you see and and like momentarily party with for like a for like a for like a certain area, even if you don't like remember their name exactly, you might see them again a week later in in the, in the next like area that you and then he he's there too now. He's around your like your power level. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh yeah, I remember you like. It's a connection you make with the, you know, with the person because you see them throughout the you know progression like leveling experience. You bump into the same few people that started around the same time as you. It happened to me in WoW. It happened to me in EverQuest. It's not going to happen anymore because you, you never see those people. You just queue. You're done. You, you queue. You're done. So uh, funny. I uh, you never. You never. Because I mean, in in, every, in even in the league, right, or you know, Hots or Dota, when you bump into the same person a couple of times, you kind of like you recognize their name. But that happens, yeah. you know, and, and that little connection doesn't mean anything, right? But like it, it's. You know, you, you say, hey, it's you again, man. You did really well last game is this. And you talk to them. But you don't get that at all in a lot of MMORPGs because it's all cross-server stuff anyway. And I think there was a, you showed me a good video this weekend, uh, this, this last week rather, about an old-school vanilla WoW player saying why Black Desert Online is so great. And he made a pretty interesting point that flying mounts killed the social aspect of World of Warcraft. And I think that argument can be made for you know, any, any MMORPG today. So you want to recap that argument? Because I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So this, I, I'm trying to find the guy's name so I don't like uh, steal his idea. Well, it's here. It, yeah. Uh, uh, can you look for them while, yeah. while I describe it? Okay. So this guy, he kind of like does what uh, we do sometimes and kind of like develops the game in his mind, right? So he talks about why Endgame sucks today. In uh, wow, uh, basically he says the common stuff. You know, like, there's no need to ever leave the town. You just queue for raids, you queue for dungeons, and you go to auction house. You never have to leave. Flying mounts make it so you never have to interact with the world. You never have to bump into people. And he's comparing that to the old days where he would, as a hardcore player in Manila, he knew every max level player, Horde and Alliance, on his server. Not because he talked to everybody, but because he saw the same names. Like, you know, let's say you do a certain run every week to get herbs, right? And on that path, you see the same people 
they are also taking that path, right? So you always see the same people. You you know you get to know them. You get ganked by the same people on that road, you know, on the other side of the faction. So you you kind of build a community, even without trying, almost, right? Because you don't you're not talking to these people, you don't know these people, but you kind of build a community, and you, that's lost today, obviously, with with these you know cross server queues with flying mounts. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's Kungen. It's it's Kungen. It's Kungen. Yeah, that's the video. And I got the links to the video in the chat. If anybody's curious, I think it's a really good observation. Maybe save the link. Obviously, not everybody agrees with them, but I, I think it's a very well constructed argument. And you talk a lot about flying mounts that way too. Yeah. If anyone, anytime anyone's got a, a, a MS Paint open and they're like, you know, pretending to be like a game designer, that gets a thumbs up from me. <laughs> That's what I did earlier with Shoe. Remember, we designed the perfect MRPG yeah, yeah. with MS Paint open. You know, MS Paint yeah, exactly. and uh, dicking around makes you a game designer, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's a good video. Uh, great guy. Uh, he, he likes BDO for the reasons that he mentions um, how it's um, it's open world. It's there's no set. And his problem with raids is because once he beat the raids, you know what can you do besides do those same couple of raids every week? Mm-hmm. And he likes BDO because it's basically endless. You know, you can just kind of fight over uh, territory with other people forever. I think that's why we always kind of emphasize the the ne- the necessity for lots of non-combat things in games. You can create your mm-hmm. own like uh, experiences and things to do. Listen, listen. Uh, the other week, uh, I was I was I was like uh, doing my casino at 14, right? And like some, I had like these three cat girls with me, right? Just hanging out with me for some reason. They're just doing cute emotes with me, right? So you know, I, logically, I took them back to the the free company hot tub. You know, we were just sitting there in our little little tub, making cute emotes to each other. And like, it's a stupid little thing. I did like five minutes, and I left, right? By the way, they were customers. They, they were gambling with me. So I, I was entertaining my guests, but like, just like. Sticking around with like emotes and like housing and these these little things, right? Obviously, people do some weird ERP shit too, right? Which is a big part of F14. A lot of people do that. But, like having these things, I think, are great. You know, whether it's the gold saucer, whether it's chocobo racing, whether it's you know an in-depth housing system, whether it's you know all these like there's so much shit you can do outside of core gameplay, which I think is uh, is really good. And obviously, they were dudes. Don't worry, uh, red dude, rude dude. I totally understand. The 99% dudes. But they were my customers, so it's okay. And someone in chat mentioned uh, a problem they have with BDO is the lack of dungeons, right? And actually, the, this, uh, the Swedish man here mentions that. He says something like, in vanilla WoW, like, millions of people had fun playing for months, right? Without even knowing what rating was. Because for most people who played WoW, uh, even if it wasn't their first MMORPG, it wasn't like... It was probably most people's first rating experience, yeah. right? L- large scale. So most people played WoW vanilla without ever thinking about raiding. And the ones that even got to max level, such a few percent of them ever actually raided seriously. Like maybe they did like AK, the, the 20, the, the troll place with 20, whatever it's called, I forgot. But they never know. Most people probably didn't even do MC, right, mm-hmm. in vanilla. So it, it, and it didn't stop people from having fun and enjoying the game for months and years. So I don't think raiding is as important uh, as people think. I think what was the staff in Next Ramus? The percent of people that ever took the first boss down in Next Ramus back, like before well, they, you know, added the. It's like less. I think it was less than one percent. I know I didn't, and I and I kind of played a lot. So. Again, yeah, I don't think you need the rating for MMORPGs either. It's just that right now, like it seems like there's nothing else to do. That's why, because again, we talked about this like two weeks ago. I think again, you need other stuff besides core combat to keep people busy, and it's got to be like it's so sad that again we don't have that, and you know. I played MapleStory yesterday. I've been playing it on and off for like yeah. last week because there's a burning event going on, right? And I'll go back to MapleStory times and burning events for the hell of it. And I found myself doing jump quest. Okay, I did, uh, and, and not just by myself. I, I invited some friends on Discord to play with me. So we had like at one point six people 
five people, I think, at the Kerning City Jump Quest. And it was fun. We're not, you know, playing MapleStory. We're not doing the core combat, right? And the grind is its own thing. But, like, we just sat there doing Jump Quests. And it was fun because it's just another thing you can do with your friends, you know, like within an MRPG. It, it helps make the, the game more, like, feel like an immersive experience. Obviously, I don't know MapleStory and immersive are the correct words together, but, like, Doing something in that world where you have, your, you know, your time invested in your character is more meaningful than if I just, like, for some reason opened up a different game on Steam that had, like, jumping puzzles on it, right? But, like, the jump quests were fun, and it was done well. And people like these kinds of things because they're optional. You don't have to do them. And, again, at any time, if you go on FF14, you go to Kugane, the, the jump quests in FF14, they just add them for the first time with this expansion. People like them. They're doing them, you know? It, it's – why can't you have these things in, in more RPGs beyond just the core grind? It's such a simple – like, it seems so simple, but I guess nobody thinks about it and wants to do it. Okay, my perfect MMORPG, right, Go. would basically be uh, a Discord server with, with a UI, with GUI. What? How is that an MMO? So, hey, listen, let's hear me out. So, an MMORPG has to be more than some of its parts. So, you, okay, so, like, imagine a Discord server with, like, the, the gambling bot, the, like, the little random image bot, the little minigame bot. So, an MMORPG should be something you always leave open in the background. Not because like you're auto farming or whatever in the game, right? Like like BDO, not because of that, but because like you you know you never know when you're gonna get a message from someone you know, like a friend. You want to like design, you want to style your character with something new, and walk somewhere, whatever. It should be something you have to, you want to always keep open, kind of like a chat client. But I I don't see how that's you know what you're describing is Discord and a chat client. Why? What makes it MMO? Like what part? Well, of MMO? Obviously, it would, I'm saying I'm saying it should be an MMO that you always want to leave open like a chat. But what client. would make you want to leave it? Well, I, I don't know. Like, just to talk to people that run it, you run oh, into. But them. don't you, like aren't MMORPGs today integrating with Discord? Didn't like Camel Unchained? I think want to do that. A few other games. I I, I guess I'm not like, describing it perfectly, but basically, I want the game should compel you to leave it open all the time, and not and not because it's like force feeding you like silver like BDO for leaving it open. <laughs> I mean, right, ideally, that makes yes. sense. Yeah. All right, you want you want to hear a random? You know, you know, I think it makes some MMORPGs pretty fun too. Another just a random design thing I thought about earlier. Imagine in WoW, right? Mm -hmm. If you, you know, like, would, it, some kind of feature that would give, like, casuals a chance to get really good gear. So imagine, like, you can get really, really top-tier raid drops at, like, easier dungeons. So let's say you're doing, like, Upper Black Rock Spire or something, right? And when you kill the boss okay. of Upper Black Rock Spire, he's got a 0.1% chance to drop, like, a, like a top-tier best-in-slot best item. However, if you if you if uh, you do the if you do the hardest boss in the game, he's 100 percent chance to drop it. Okay, I get. it. Don't you think that kind well, of I mean, scaling would be kind of cool? Yeah, it would. And I, and I think actually, didn't Vanilla WoW do a pretty decent job at that? Because I, mean, I remember there was something called world drops, like world uniques, right? They were never good. You could, but there were like thousands of gold. Like they were. They were if you got for, one, they were good for Smurfs. That's why they like Twinks. That's why. Yeah, but if you got one, you could auction house that shit, yes. for, and you'd be so happy. Like you, you, you get your mount, you know, you'd be you'd be set among your yes. friends. So I, I feel, yeah, and you're right, there, some of them weren't useful, right? Yeah. Like you weren't good. So, but I think that was like a, it's kind of a halfway to what you want, right? Yeah, yeah and I agree that, that that'd be a fun system where any mob can drop a potentially amazing item, but a really small chance. Yes, and I think a lot of games have you like, like you don't even want to bother checking the loot in MRP, like. Let's be real. When, when, when you guys launch Albion for the first time, you're not going to be looking at the loot on 90% of the monsters you kill for the first 10 hours. Like, it's not even worth your effort to even look at the loot. You know, when you launch a game for the first time, it's always garbage loot. We're, all, we're also trained to see garbage loot everywhere. They're like, if there's a small yeah. chance to get something actually gasped really good, I think we'd all be more interested in, you know, killing enemies. Again, there is a certain mechanic in game. There's certain, like, where I want to get stronger. And I, I, 
you want to get stronger so you can kill things faster, right? And if that has a chance of you getting this rare drop and killing enemies faster, like it's going to make you want to get stronger. Like games have to have feet, like something in it to make people want to get stronger. And I think not enough oh, games be have careful. that. Be careful what you ask for with the loop, because then you might get a BDO situation where uh, everything has a small chance to drop those black stones, which you need, yes, that's which true. Are really valuable. And then you kill so fast that the only way to stay up with the loot is to spend forty dollars on four loot pets that loot for you. So be careful what you wish for. No, that's true. That that that's you know that's taking it to that extreme where you're killing like PDO gets like the Maple Story style. You kill everything on the screen like really quickly. Like you not the screen, but you pull like a whole bunch of enemies. You kill them all. It becomes very difficult to loot. But I think like a traditional WoW esque or WoW clone style MMORPG would really benefit from that system. I think you mentioned it with the world drops in the, in World of Warcraft. Like that was. It's kind of what I was saying, but without being exactly that. But like when you kill an enemy, it has a chance of dropping these world drops. But remember, there's a level 40 weapon in WoW, an epic weapon, a, a purple weapon that would drop. That was really good for Twinks, and it would be worth like hundreds of golds at the time, which is a lot of, a lot of money in the game. And it was cool that you could actually drop that. So I would actually look forward to checking loot on enemies. But it just I feel like there's no point of checking on loot in most games, and it's unfortunate. And uh, someone actually in chat brought up a good point. I was I was actually going to say too the another very similar yes. system to what you're saying is in Ragnarok Online. Yes. The cards. Yeah. So some games have done something like stuff like this. Uh, but here's the thing. you got to be careful that you that you explain to new players what these items are worth when they get them. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes a new player won't know the value of this card, right? Mm -hmm. or, or or the dice in Fly for Fun or or even Blackstones in um, in, in um, uh, BDO. Like if, you, if you're like level 10 and you got to, you know, if you're playing during one of those uh, Blackstone events, and you're getting all these black. You want to know. You want to know what they are. Just like not loot them or destroy them. Mm -hmm. But I think the cards. Card example is really good. I think the cards in uh, Ragnar Clan was really good. I mean, there was such a low chance that like when you got one, like it doesn't be like the, the impossible to get MVP cards either, right? When you when you got a card, you knew it was worth. It, it was cool to get one. Like you would use it on your character. I remember like, I still have memories of you having this uh the plus two hundred HP card. And you like you. You would give it to me when, when I made a new character because like plus twenty. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a, the the Sabri card of those little like uh, caterpillars. I think it was that guy. But it would give you plus twenty HP on, on on a weapon, right? And you had it on like a low level weapon, and it was an amazing item to have on a on a low level character because that that starting HP was OP. And that, yeah, that was, still sticks with me. <laughs> it's like a plus ten dagger that like a level one can use with with like a plus two hundred health card, mm -hmm. so that you can go through the beginning you know levels where you have no class really really easily. But that was, again, I think that's one of the one of the little things in Ragnarok. I think that made that game pretty successful too. I mean, obviously, it, there's a lot of things that go into it, but I feel like a lot of MMORPGs just don't have like the little systems in them to make them like fun in the long term. And I don't think I have all the answers either. I'm sure all the stuff we you know we bullshit about would probably not work. You know, it sounds great on paper that when you actually implement all of these, it might not work as intended, and it might not be as fun as we intend. But I would at least like to see them tried more. Because it just—it's sad to see these copy, these carbon copy games. I already know the problem with uh, with your system. It's going to encourage bots up the wazoo, right? If if anything can drop these you know unique items with a set small chance, you're just going to have like, the max level players botting in the low level like high spawn areas. But you can you can no, but then you can't just you know assume everyone's going to bot. You know, if a high level player is botting low level stuff, he risks getting his account banned for a very small chance to get a rare drop. And I think. I, I do think botting is look. I, botting is what blows my mind. I don't understand how this problem can't be fixed. I I, I would love to talk to uh, I mean, so maybe somebody that works at like Blizzard on anti-cheat, somebody that works at 
or anything like that sheet, any of these companies, right? Especially bigger games. I understand how it's a problem in smaller games, but they don't have the resources to tackle this. But on bigger games, you can and, and spamming, you can literally have one guy or two guys that are hired offshore in India or Indonesia or Pakistan that are working for you know relatively low wages that just sit there, right-click banning every single person that spams cold spamming websites or obviously botting manually. This is not a great expense. You know, these games are making millions of dollars. Some of them, you know, MapleStory makes over $20 million a year. You know, some of these games, Blizzard, you know, World of Warcraft makes over, uh, over $800 million a year. They can hire, they can spend like, they can have a staff of like three guys on every server at below min American minimum wage overseas, literally manually banning these people. I don't understand how it's a problem. It makes no sense. Uh, I'll explain to you how it works. Conspiracy music. Cue, cue the conspiracy music. Right, I'm going to put on the tinfoil hats again. Okay, remember last week we talked about how um, that, that guy who worked for uh, Wargaming, mm -hmm. he wrote that article about like uh, monetization in games, yes. and he said something like in the old days during subscription times, like EverQuest, Ultima Online, 50% of the revenue generated from the game actually went to people outside the game studio. So people who made bots, the gold sellers, right, RMT, they, they, they got 50% of the revenue. So I think, and I could be wrong, but I think a lot of these big companies, okay, are working with the spammers, working with the botters. Like, it's like um, I think that Chinese game we Revelation. play, Conquer Online. It, and Conquer, yeah. No, well, no, Conquer is just more honest. It's like if we, if we catch you botting, you know, you got to pay us. It might be. I it. think a lot, of, a lot of games probably do that. And just to recap, actually, we did Conquer Online for Friday Grind Fest, and the game has a feature where if you're caught exploiting or cheating or using any like unintended tools, you you, you get sent to jail in the game, right? And that that's a that's a form of banning. There's no way out of jail in the game, right? You just sit in, the, in this one map, and you're stuck in jail unless you pay money. So essentially, they ban you, and if you pay 2,000 CPS, which is the premium currency, you get out of jail. The second time, the price goes up. It's 3,000 CPS. This, these are the current rates. And the third time, they say lifetime imprisonment. There's no way out, right? So they're actually monetizing player bans and player cheating. And you're saying that's more honest, which I, I guess if they are working cahoots, I would agree. It is more honest, at least that way. There's only two possibilities, right? Either like the studios like Jagex and you know, whatever, like Blizzard or whatever – they're either retarded, like dumb, like literally like dumb people, right? Or or they're making money off the spammers and bots. Those are the two options. You got to pick one. All right, I, I picked one. I picked one of my own. You guys got to pick for yourself. And, and there is a case sometimes where these things cannot be manually done. However, you know, because I know somebody might bring this up. Like I know, for example, Google, uh, giant search engine company, right? And we do a lot of you know market, uh, search and optimization and stuff with Google. People always say like in the webmaster world, like this website is obviously cheating, right? In Google. Everybody wants to rank very high for certain keywords, right? When you search MMORPG on Google, obviously I want you guys to find MMOs.com, right, on the search rankings. And there's a very complex algorithm that goes to figuring out who ranks number one, who ranks number two, and so forth, right? And some websites cheat the system by doing all this shady shit, right? And people always say, Google, why can't you ban these websites, right? They're obviously cheating. And you can, sometimes you can tell if they're obviously cheating the system, gaming the system, breaking Google's rules, right? But Google has to literally deal with billions and billions of websites. Google will never... They never want to manually ban a website, right? They do on very rare occasions, but they don't want to. They want their algorithm to catch these websites, right? They want to automate the entire system. And with a company that is dealing mm -hmm. with billions and billions of websites, I understand the need. You can't hire people to manually ban websites. There's literally tens of millions of websites that require manual banning. But that's not the case with MMOs. And it's a case where, you're at, where you know, the game, people are paying to play the game often, whether it's monthly or through microtransactions. And there is you know, a strong incentive to create a clean environment for people. Which is why the same argument I don't think applies for gaming. And I, I think I'm with you. I think they must be either incompetent or working with them. And I can't believe you know, these giant companies that make 
hundreds of millions of dollars are, are in common. So I think the tinfoil hat might be might be worth putting on because they must somebody must be working with them. It's also a mix of both. Here's the thing: a lot of the guys who are big botters in these games mm-hmm. are also the best customers, right? If you have this a passion for the game that you have, like you're multi-boxing twelve accounts, odds are you're also probably spending a ton of money in the cash shop, right? So I think there's a lot of overlap between top spender and and like the guy who's botting and you know exploiting and, and RMTing, so especially RMTing. Like I could, I could imagine there's a lot of like forty year old people subscribed to like EverQuest who've been subscribed for like you know the past twenty years who who do RMT on the side, yeah. and and the company knows they're RMTing, right? They see the transactions, but they don't want to ban this forty year old. Because he's been a customer for 20 years. If they ban him, he's not going to make a new account. He's 40, you know, whatever. So I think they just kind of looked out the way. But I think I'm saying ban the ban the spammers and the botters on the other end, not the customers that buy it, you know. And then maybe they'll keep yeah, buying more that, accounts too. Then I think a lot of the bigger studios now, like people are saying, Jagex is pretty good with banning the spammers. And in WoW, in WoW, I remember I got too much mail spam. Not not so much spam in the general yeah. chat, but they would literally send you mail in the game, like. Somehow they could never stop that, but they did stop the the general chat spam. Yeah. Actually, yeah. funny thing about the the bot the banning system in Conquer Online again, I think it's actually pretty funny because uh, when you get banned, when you get caught for cheating, you get sent to jail in the game, right? And the jail in that game is actually a map. You can actually like let's say your account is banned, right? You can actually log into your account and walk around in jail. You're in a special jail map with all the other, with I think all the other cheaters, right? And yeah. other people can come visit you in jail. Like they'll they'll be on the other <laughs> side of the fence. Is that awesome? Yeah, yeah. You can see all yeah, you, can shame them. you can shame them if you want, but like shame. <laughs> you can pay to get out, of course. Again, the first two times, the third time, you're supposedly there forever. But like, it's it's kind of a neat system that that aspect where you can see the you know, people that got banned. I don't like the fact that you can pay to get out. That part is kind of stupid. And they have the audacity to say we take cheating seriously. Okay, bro, if you took cheating seriously, you would not allow people to buy their way out of cheating. I, I do like the system though, only because like it's kind of meta. Like they keep it in the game. Like there's a jail, you know, for the criminals. So I like that. <laughs> I think it's only for like using illegal program. If you impersonate GMs, you're permaban 100%. So they are keeping it, you know, mm-hmm. again, in the system. Nice. Yeah. So again, if, if companies want to actually fix the spamming problem, just hire, just, you know what? If you, if you can't figure it out, you give me the money, I'll hire some guy in India to do it for you. All right? Boom. Done. I, I'm sure I'm sure if somebody starts a consulting company mm-hmm. and already has infrastructure in place, like has a staff in yeah. India or whatever, right? And you have a nice slide stroke presentation, like 10 slides, explaining what your service offers. You know, like, you know, we will moderate your chat, moderate your servers. You know, we have a staff, full-time staff, uh, you know, multi-box, you know, multi you know, multi-screens for everyone. I bet you could pitch that to a lot of these publishers. No, you'll make money. And, I think and, you're and, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you'll definitely make money. I'll do if you pay me too. Nice. Uh, also, I mean, we can talk a little about Citadel. Have you heard about that one? I haven't. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me, let me, let me, know. Let me what, drop you that. What's going on with Citadel? Thank Link. Uh, it's coming on Steam on early access on July 26th. You can show off that gameplay video over there. It's a it's a sandbox MRPG. Well, this, I think they call it a sandbox RPG. Let me see if they use the word MRPG because I know some people are a little taboo about that for some reason. But yeah, it'll be on Steam too. So it looks pretty badass though. So look at this trailer. Is it free or no? Uh, no, I'm pretty play. sure it's gonna be by the play. Okay. And it'll be in it'll be in early access, but eight to twelve months, and full launch sometime in 2018. No, they they are using massively multiplayer RPG, so I guess it is anymore. They are calling it an MRPG straight up. And oddly enough, it actually has a tag on Steam for single player. It has single player and MR. What? It's a single player MRPG, guys. We've seen the first single player MRPG. Oh my god. <laughs> I want to see this. 
But it looks it actually looks really cool. Yeah, right. It has a single player attack. <laughs> but it, it looks pretty badass. Actually, you can like tame enemies, build castles. It's going. I think it's going for the whole uh, dark and light thing too, where you can like uh, you know have a big server, have some kind of persistent elements with some RPG elements and stuff too. And I think a lot of companies are kind of vying for the being the first like truly sandbox and more RPG style game. You know, besides this, the only thing that comes to mind is, is light and dark. Dark and light, rather. Are, are these guys playing Quidditch? What's going on in this trailer? <laughs> Not sure. They're, they're like flying around on brooms. Oh, boom! They, maybe they can. But they, they, they did spell casting and stuff, so it's a it's in a fantasy setting. <laughs> Harry Potter, the grown up years. Right? That's, <laughs> that's what this is. But yeah, I think this could this could potentially do well. I mean, I actually haven't heard about this game at all until we got the the announcement recently that's going to be on early access. The the music was composed by award-winning composer of Ori and the Blind Forest, Gareth Coker. Oh, who's that? I mean, I heard of that game. I haven't heard of the. Oh game. well, you heard about the you heard about the game at least. Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, it's one of those indie like moody two D platformers. I feel like there's a lot of those now. Yeah, indeed, indeed <laughs> there are. But this is a game I can you know I'm kind of hyped for. But then what's what's funny is actually um like as soon as we got a release date for this game like an early access release date. What's what's funny is they they timed the you know early access date for dark and light. So now there's a dark and light release date as well. Like oh, yeah? right after that happened, let me find. Uh, oh, so oh, so they're competing with this kind of. <laughs> I think it was on what was it, early access for dark and light? It literally just happened. Uh, it's July twentieth. Yep. So in like two days. There you go. Wow. Uh, do, do, do you think it's because of that? I don't know. I. They, I don't they're think kind so. of similar. Both sandbox so. RPGs with this, you know. Fancy-ish setting. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's even dragons here. Yeah. Those, those, they kind of look like they kind of look like dinosaurs. Yeah. So again, it'll be on yeah, July 20th, coming out real soon. I think I think Dark and Light will do really well too. There's another trailer actually that came out this week that I want I want to see the Mad World one. Yeah, it's fine. Look at that trailer. I mean, yeah. let me find it for you. Okay, so this is Mad World. interesting. It's a it's an HTML5. MMORPG. So what that means is like you can pl- it's cross-platform with mobile, PC, whatever. It's out the gate, just based on how it's you know made. It looks pretty so, cool though. It looks really pretty. Yeah. What at the beginning is four thousand years of slavery. What does that mean? Dun dun dun. The forest of what? Yo. So this is like a browser, PC, and mobile game all in one. PC, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, everything because it's HTML5 so it will, it will work on browsers, but it's not like a traditional nonsense auto-playing browser game. It's like, it looks like a real MMORPG. It's an action MMORPG to boot. Now, what do the visuals remind you of? Let's see if you think of the same game uh, I do. Okay, it reminds me of Don't Starve. Yes, I was going to say Don't Starve. It actually also reminds me of that the Exiled game. Do you remember that? We tried playing that nonsense. Oh god, don't compare it to that. Doesn't like the backgrounds kind of look like that? Kind of. Darkest Dungeon, somebody said as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks pretty cool, though. It does look really cool. I I, I like the design. Like I, I just like the art choice they went with. It, our cell, you know, it helps differentiate it, too. And, and it's an action mm-hmm. MRPG, so that, that alone kind of makes it fun, too. Looks pretty badass. Uh, this one's going to be coming out, I think, in 2018, which is unfortunately still a while away. I didn't even mention this one in that in the weekly raid, but it is mobile as well. It's, it's cross-platform mobile PC. I... That's what I'm saying. I think when a game is you know like available on PC and mobile, it, it automatically kind of like loses some of that stigma too. But I think when people play RuneScape mobile or Albion Online mobile 
or you know, Lineage Eternal Mobile, it's not going to be viewed as, oh, it's a mobile game. No, it's, it's a PC game with a mobile client. And I think that's yeah. going to get a lot of people that are hardcore PC players to actually be interested in mobile. But yeah, it looks pretty badass. Yeah, yeah this, this, this looks really cool. Uh, this looks like one of those games that's very easy to get your friends into, too. Just drop, you know, just drop the link, bada-bing, bada-boom. Yeah. I wish you mentioned this is actually pretty big news that we got we got we got to mention. I know how much you love Bless. It's on 2P. Oh, I love Bless. Let's Bless hear it. announces their rebuild project, the fundamental change of the game. This is basically them saying, We're not done with Bless, guys. The game is not dead yet. And I actually really like that picture they used. It's like the oh, girl in the box. Yeah, it's really cute. It is kind of yeah, cute yeah. though. It's a good present. Yeah. I I mean, a little too old for me, obviously, <laughs> but uh we can we can we can make it work. Girl in the box. But they're gonna rebuild the game. With three main objectives in mind to fix Bless, to make it happen. They want to examine the game systems and framework thoroughly. Uh, again, not sure entirely what that means. Not afraid of abandoning the current game structure and rebuilding it from scratch and adding new contents. Which is a bit odd because I feel like uh, both number two and three kind of contradict each other. Either you're, you know, if you're going to abandon the game, you're going to be adding new content to it. But I think they, I mean, maybe something was lost in translation because I'm sure they, they, they sourced some Korean news on this one. But uh, I think the biggest issue with Bless has always been its optimization and the fact that it just doesn't work on, well on most PCs. And yeah, the rest of it goes into a little more detail and it's a little more easily translated. They they mentioned things like character growth. Uh, they want to, you don't feel different enough when you equip new armor and weapons. Uh, enhancing your gear is like difficult, which I agree with. I hate I I don't like the concept of like enhancing gear. I never liked it. I'd rather just get new gear. People are saying Bless uh, Online and Realm Reborn, you know? Just like 14 is built <laughs> that way too because the current Bless Online game is unworkable. You know, I think the core game is okay, but you just can't make it work with no optimization. If they can fix that, then worry about all the other systems of op- making the other systems better, then there's hope. I mean, the game itself is still, like, pretty impressive that, you know, it has this... Look at my videos for it. I did, I did several. They're pretty good, but just it's optimizations have to be fixed. My favorite... Uh tidbit about Bless is the fact that it costs $60 million to get it to where it is now. So they have a long road ahead of them. Okay, so $60 million is pretty crazy. That's, that, again, it makes it to our list of most expensive MMORPGs ever developed. In fact, that's actually has it at, um, let me see where it's on our list. Only a handful of games cost more than Bless. World of Warcraft cost $63 million to make, original World of Warcraft. Uh, Rift cost a little more to make. We had Defiance... We had Tabula Rasa, Firefall, FF14, Star Citizen, and Destiny, Elder Scrolls, and Star Wars Little Republic. Those are the only other games that cost more money to make than Bless. And they'd sell a lot of money on it. We're not done with Bless yet. You know, if this whole re- rehaul is going to cost them, you know, a few more million at least. I think this is the ultimate developer hell right now. You know, this game really has been has gone through a lot, unfortunately. And uh, NeoWiz Games, I mean, they're not a big company. You know, NeoWiz is a uh, Let's see how big Neo is right now. I mean, I wish they could. They they wish they could take this back, you know, and kind of get all that money back. Because <laughs> I think Neo is actually publicly traded, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, they trade on the the Cosdac, and they're doing quite poorly as expected because they they spent so much money on on, uh, on it. And you know what's funny though? Bless always had hype. Like all our videos for Bless, like, I mean, we played Bless at least three times, yeah. right? For Grand Fest Friday, mm-hmm. you know, these these videos got a lot of views on our channel, uh, and people were interested in this game. And I, at least I had fun playing yeah. the game. Uh, the optimization aside, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with their current structure, whether it's the combat, you know, like the classes or whatever, or equipping armor. Like that, that I didn't think that stuff was particularly bad. Yeah. It wasn't great, but it was. It wasn't like game breaking. The only game breaking thing, like you said, was 
was the fact that it would go to like 10 FPS and you got to restart your computer. Yeah, and GTA 1080 not good enough for it. Top tier ISMs don't run well on it. And you have to have your game run well on you know weaker PCs because let's be real, I think some of the most successful games in the world always run on weaker PCs. That's one of the, I think one of the reasons League of Legends is so like universally played as well is because it works so well on older PCs. Even World of Warcraft has always run really well on older PCs. Optimization is the, probably the most important thing. Like You have to make sure your game works. I don't care how great the game is, if it doesn't work on half of those PCs, it's going to suck. Oh, yeah. So Neo is actually worth 100 As of today, it's worth $122.8 million. Still a lot of money, but the, the, the company's uh, value has gone down significantly over the years. But it's still sitting at $122 million. Hope maybe, maybe they can salvage Bless with the, this rebuild project. Again, there's no timetable for when any of this stuff is really going to happen. Uh, they said they're going to work on some new PvP content and for end of August 2017. They're still updating the Korean version of the game, but unless we're talking fundamental rebuild, I, I don't think any kind of patchwork is going to fix it. Hmm. No, probably not. And like we said many times, uh, it's not doing particularly well overseas either. The Russian version shut down. The European and American versions from Aria were canceled. Yep. And it, there's only a single server left in Korea and with a, with a beta currently going in Japan. So there's two versions out, Japan and Korea. The Korean version, the home market, has a single server going on. So it's uh, not doing so well. Hey, maybe, they may, again, hopefully hopefully they can fix it. I, I mean, I hope so, because it would be sad to see them waste $60 million. Thanks to a great game, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see for that one. Yeah. Brighter news, another game came out this week. This week's been pretty heavy with game uh, releases. Yeah, I mean, people, uh, people, a lot of games do come out, you know? I feel like we, we summer. get caught... Summer, we're in summer. We, we get caught up sometimes in, like, game closures and shutdowns, but, like, for every game that shuts down, even now, when people are saying the MO market in the West is, you know, still kind of, like, uh, in a slump, has been in decline, we've heard that a lot. Even, even with games shutting down, for every game that shuts down, we get so many more launches that people don't appreciate. There's just so many of these games still happen. So go ahead and pick it up with uh, good old Gigantic... Gigantic, yes. So apparently it's coming out. Uh, it's another one of those games that we played, like it seems like, over a year ago mm -hmm. now, right? Uh, but officially launching on Steam on the 20th, which is in a very short number of days, two days. Same time as the early access for Dark and Night. And this is like a MOBA, action-y, hybrid kind of game. And it's got a lot of interesting features. It's got the, the combat, you know, fast-paced, especially for MOBAs. But I feel like it has too many game mechanics going on at the same time. Kind of like that breakaway, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not really... Here's the thing. A good game is easy to learn, but difficult to master. And I feel like your first few games of uh, Gigantic, like, you won't know, like, what's, why is there a giant monster standing here? Like, right? Like, what's going on? Like, what do I have to do here? No, you're um, right. Yeah. And so it takes a few games to figure this one out. And everyone always says, go play the tutorial. But let's be real, nobody plays it. Your, your game has to be designed assuming nobody's going to do the tutorial. I feel like we're at yeah. that point 100%, you know? Like, everyone just skips the tutorial. Nobody wants to read the text. So you, it has to be almost like instinctively, you know, you got to figure it out. Which brings me to a funny anecdote of a story. Um, my, my buddy Witchy on Discord wanted to, you know, was on MapleStory and was trying to do a quest, right? And couldn't find out where to go for this quest, all right? Mm -hmm. I, th I think if you look at the quest text like on your quest tracker, it says, go talk to this guy, right? But literally over your head are arrows telling you which way to go. And, and, and they couldn't figure it out. Because they were next to the what? NPC, but there was two NPCs with the same exact name. Because depending on which map you're in, you know? But that NPC in the map that Witchy went to just was not the NPC you were talking to. But if you follow the arrows in your head, it takes you a different NPC and you got to talk to that one. But, that, but my point is, it, it, people don't... You have to make something so easy that it can't be fucked up. 
even with literally arrows over your head, people don't read the text. They, they, they don't want. They don't want. They can't be bothered to figure it out. And I can't blame them because honestly, I'm the same way. I don't. I don't read the tutorial. Sometimes what's so obvious takes me like ten minutes to do because I refuse to actually want to read the text. But with with the gigantic, it's it's tough because it, it doesn't. It's not. It, it's good in that it's not a traditional MOBA because we've seen so many Lee clones and Dota clones fail. But it it is. You have to at least play like ten games where you begin to like really start appreciating the game. I do recommend you do play those 10 games, though, because at least it is different. But you got to put in the time. It's free. It's free to play, too. It's free, right? All right, there you go. And I'm showing some gameplay now. So if you guys like the art style, the, the movement and stuff, do check it out. It's a little different than... It combines MOBA with, like, TAB, you know, which is the... Which is the uh, Team Arena Brawl. Which is the genre... Yeah, which is, yeah, which is the genre I made up. Here we, so there we do you go. think TAB is going to catch on? Do you think, like, in the future, developers will call their games TABs? They should. It's a nice name, right, guys? Tab. I'm going to Google Team Arena Brawl. Is anybody else using this term yet? If not, again, we should... MOS.com is going to coin this term. Oh, Bloodline Champions to be revived as Team Arena Brawl back in 2016. So maybe they, they already did beat you through it. Hold up. But did they call it Tab? Did they acronym? I don't think they did... used the acronym Tab. All right. Team <laughs> Team Anal Beds. You know what's funny? We have a, we have a section at MOS.com called MO Terms. We, we literally define... Very popular MMO terms. Anybody searching Google for MMORPG terms, MMO glossary, we rank number one. So I'm going to actually add on the MMO terms list right now, TAB, TAB, for Team Arena Brawler. All right, we're going to make it official. Right. By putting it on, this, on the official MMOs.com list of dictionary terms for MMO terms, it's going to be, it's going to be a thing now, all right? It's, it's real now. Man, so many of these terms are so archaic now, like corpse I run. Know. When was the last time you had to do a corpse run? Never. That's like an EverQuest thing. Acronym for team <laughs> Dirtnet. <laughs> DKP. I remember those. Right, tab is officially is officially a thing now. We've done it, boys. We put it on on, on MO terms. <laughs> too, too close Someone to dabbing. Why is cleric an MO term? Why not, dude? Pocky, why not? There you go. We're trying we're trying to capture everything, alright? If we missed any popular terms, let us know. It's fine. We have Dayok for Dark Age of Camelot, but like we don't have abbreviations for like modern games. It's okay. Mule. You, you know what bothers me a lot? What triggers me? Very like a side anecdote. When people say when people use the word gank incorrectly. Yep. I hate when yep. somebody's like, oh, I just got ganked by that guy. I'm like, wait, you got killed by who killed you? Like, oh, this one guy. I'm like, wait, you can't be ganked by one person. Like, gank comes from to gang up on somebody. You can't be ganked by one person, and you can't gank somebody as one person. Gank requires a group, and I hear it all the time. Like, am I wrong? Like, isn't this what gank means? I, I think in all in the old days that's what gank meant. But I've in, in wow, I, so many people use that term, uh, as for one guy jumping you. So I don't get I don't get what it means either. I, but I do think gank should be multiple. Something I think it means ambush. Our, our, on our own dictionary, we put it as to be uh, referring to one player being overwhelmed and killed by a large group. It can be either by a group or other players doing, doing player kill or a group of NPC monsters. But yeah, I mean, maybe everyone uses the term however they like. But for me, it's got to be multiple people. Otherwise, I got that's like the one thing I'm gonna correct. Like, I'll go out of my way to say you're wrong. No, it's got to be multiple people. That's the one thing that I gets got, me. I, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Ready? In in a game, if you're fighting a mob that's your level, right? So it's taking a little bit of time, and it's like doing a quarter of your damage or more, yeah. and and they jump you while you're fighting the mob. Is that ganking? Because now it's it's the mob and them attacking. Yeah, you're you're it's getting double teamed that time, so I guess it could count. Yeah. yeah so I th I think if you're fighting monsters and they. 
and they fight you and they jump you, that could be ganking only because the AI is inadvertently helping them. But if you're just walking down the street by yourself and they kill you, that's not ganking. Interesting. People are saying I've used it as a term or heard it used as a surprise attack or a sneak attack. But like, those, like, I understand that people use it that way, but don't, like, didn't it come for the word gank or gang up on? Like, is it a combination of gang and, you know, it's from gang, gang up on? Like, there's, a, so. there's a root word there. There's a reason it's, it's called gank. Why the why, why you, they call it why is it a K gang? Where they where they gang up on? But why K? Why they call it? Why does it leave a you know a gang? We, we gotta we gotta call up the MMO historian, all right? We gotta get the official root. We need we need half for words on this. <laughs> hot for words. All right, shout out to anyone who knows who hot for words is. This is old YouTube now, all right? Anyway, in the, in the Twitch chat, all right, no hot I think, for words. I think we're moving into post game territory, guys. Right, so uh, with that said, if you're watching on YouTube, check us live on Twitch. You can. Learn more about Hot for Words and other <laughs> weird stuff. Uh, but thanks for watching, and that's all for this week. That's it for YouTube. Later, guys. Yep.